All right, beautiful humans, welcome back. I know I've been on a bit of a hiatus for a couple of weeks here, but I'm amped to be back at it. And today I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming my new friend, Miranda Von Fricken. She is just, oh, I just love your energy. Welcome to the show, my dear. Thank you. I'm super pumped to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy you're here. I like to start every episode off with why I appreciate you, because I think people in this world don't share why they care about other people. So I'm doing my small part to start doing that. You reached out to me, what was it, LinkedIn or something like that? Mm-hmm. And at every step of our interactions thus far, you have this just your energy bubbles over. And I love that. I love your vibe. I love your positivity. I love your energy. Like, and it's not fake, which is what I, I love about it the most. And I, my hope is that everybody can take a little bit of that love and that energy away from listening to this and just feel a little better wherever they're at in this, their life today, because I mean, it just, it emanates off of you. And I, I wish we could bottle that and sell that because that's it's like, called wild orange. You can <laughs> <buy it>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I don't sell essential oils, but they, man, I'm just like, I'm a dabbler. I'm just always wild orange is my jam. And you can bottle up this happiness. (laughs) You're amazing. You are amazing. Miranda, my dear, you know yourself better than I know you and or anybody how anybody else would describe you. So share with the people who are you? Oh my gosh. I, I love this question because every day I, every time I answer it and it's a different answer, which is hilarious. I should probably get my, my like copy in check, but, <laughs> but aren't love, we, aren't we a little different every day? We are, we are. And you know what? It depends on my energy for the day. It doesn't I mean I'm who I am every day, right. In the highs and the lows, but um, to put, it's funny. I actually put a post out on LinkedIn today asking people to help me to come up with a title for myself because I hate titles, right? I'm just not a fan of titles, right? But being in a corporate environment for 15 plus years prior to me doing my own thing, I always had a title, right? And I I, I used to hold my identity to titles. So I'm like, what should I be? Chief awesomeness officer? Like, that's kind of how I roll. I'm going to make something up. It's not going to be like a legit title. Um, but anyway, so I'm a reformed nine to fiver, right? I I was corporate girl for many years. I worked in higher education as a director of a career center. I was a recruiter. I was a director of talent and corporate culture. So my my hat, if I had to pick one, is essentially HR and people relations. Um, and from there, I, I mean, I've done little things, right? So I was an adjunct instructor at a college. So I love to help people elevate um, their mindset, their career. I was always a career coach, no matter what I was doing, even helping, you know, family members with their resumes before I even had my own, you know, so um, I do a lot of little things, but my main mission in life is to really just help people re-engage in the life that they're currently living and then elevate if necessary in their career and business. Uh, I'm a LinkedIn strategist. I create content. I I do a lot of things. I run masterminds. I have a 4.30 a.m. club where there's eight other women and myself who just get together before the sun rises and just talk about our goals and plans and how we can strategize to elevate each other. Um, I write content for Forbes, which is kind of cool. I'm one of part of their coaching council. Yep. So that's a fun one. And I am, I, I'm a founder of LinkedIn growth Academy. So everything I do is really centered around my love for the LinkedIn platform. So whether I'm life coaching or career coaching, I'm more than likely helping someone also to get their message out to the world, whatever it is. And it's going to be on LinkedIn for me. One little thing that stuck out in there you said you were an HR, but then you use this little clarifier after that where you're like, you talk about like human relationships. And what I really liked in that is, and I'm just going to go out on a limb because you just definitely define yourself as a coach within that yes. is so many people think of HR, right? It's human resources. And that feels to me very disposable, right? You're a thing, you're yeah. here, and then you're not. We're trying to just move you around as a chess piece. Yeah. And in this day and age, I think we're starting to understand that while yes, there is a job to be done, the human relationship, which I think if they change that actual title of the category of the job, whatever that is, human relations specialist, yeah. we'd find ourselves in a very different place. And I, 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 like I said, I'm going out on a limb and I'm gonna assume that that's how you treated it. 
these are relationships. These are people to be worked with, not worked upon. And uh, the thing with HR is it's funny. We we joke and say like, oh, we're resourcing the humans. But really what it is, is they're acting as a resource for the the people that work there, right? But it became, and and it's so funny, I never wanted to get into HR. It was actually one of the fields I said, I don't want to be a part of, because when you think of HR, you think of like the paper pushers and they're checking boxes and they're just like, give me all your paperwork, put it in a folder and go away. You know, like I, I always like, that was my idea of HR. And then I, I always was a part of what HR did. I always fell under HR. So I wasn't actually like employee relations or benefits. I was recruiting and I was culture and training and development. Um, so I kind of fell under their umbrella, but I always was like the fluff stuff when it came to HR because I loved I'd walk around my office and just high five people. And, you know, like, of course I had to like recruit and I had to train and, you know, but the whole point is humans in general, we are our own resource, right? Like we have to bring it back to ourselves. And that's one piece of HR that I think is really lacking um, the human side of HR, right? So I, I spoke at a disrupt HR conference here and I talked about the multi-passionate employees and how, they just like, I called them corporate Joes, were like afraid to have multi-passionate employees, people who did things outside of the nine to five. And that was me. I always had a side hustle. I always had 15 hobbies. I was always playing a sport. I was in the company band. Like I did all these things outside of what I was supposed to do at my desk. And, and I think the higher you go or the more, you know, like typical corporate person you think of is afraid of that person. For some reason, there's like this, I don't, understand you but if you get to know them as a human and where their passions lie they'll be better employees so that's always been really my goal whenever I was in a corporate environment was just to bring that human side to human resources but I have since left the human resource industry I am no longer uh, a nine-to-fiver quote-unquote you know I but I do find a lot of my clients in the nine to five corporate world. And so I'm helping them to either transition out or helping them to just re-engage and find that, that inner happiness, even at their corporate job. How did you say it? Recovering nine to fiver? Was that what yeah. you said? Reformed. <laughs> reformed, reformed, reformed. I like yeah. that. I like, yeah. I like reform. That's a good way of putting it on there. I think I'm still recovering too though. <laughs> Well, I mean, in one sense or another, I guess we're always yes. recovering. I really love your approach. I have somebody in mind, but I, I've actually really admired his leadership strategy and with his organization. I'll, I'll put you in touch because I think that you two would have a very interesting conversation. But um, what, you know, obviously you're very passionate about what you do. That's, that's you can see that a mile away. What in what inspired you to go down this current road? You know, I, I, I got to assume you were pretty successful in what you do in the nine to five realm and in the box, if you will. Mm, now box. you're in whatever that is, right? Whatever we want to clarify that is. Yeah. Now you run your own show. You do you. Yeah. What inspired you to go this path? So it's funny. People always say like, you know, what made you make this decision? And my answer is I usually a laugh. I didn't make this decision. God made it for me. He kicked me out of my corporate offices four times in a row. I had, I was an unemployed career coach four times in a row. I had been position eliminated from four different companies in the, in the last, well, in a five-year period, I had one long-term one. And then a few were very short um, because I've always had a side hustle. And that was my passion. I did speaking and coaching and, and, became LinkedIn type stuff. And I loved it. But I always had this like, lack of understanding more so than a fear of entrepreneurship. I didn't grow up around entrepreneurs or business owners. I grew up with nine to fivers. And my mother had me very young, and we were pretty poor growing up. So for her to have a better life, teaching me was to get an education, get a salaried job. That was like Mecca for us, right? Get, get that salaried job. And boy, it's funny. She's a nurse. And I'm like, girl, you didn't even get a salaried job, but yet I, you know what I mean? Like she makes tons of money as a nurse, you know, but for me, it was different. And as I kept climbing the ladder, which was awesome. And I was like the youngest director on a campus at one point the, in a male dominated industry and technology and in the for-profit education sector. And I was like the female director. And so I had all these cool like accolades and like, I guess like hats that I wore and suits, literal suits that I wore. And I made decent money too, even 
throughout my career, but I knew something was missing, right? It was always that side piece or the extra thing I did where it says like additional requirements or additional responsibilities at the bottom of a job description. I was that thing, right? I was the additional responsibilities or, you know, things to do because I always did the extra and it was never, I always did the nine to five stuff. I always checked the boxes, the work had to be done. I met goals, but I was really passionate about the other stuff. Like, the connecting with people, their families, hearing them, understanding them. So um, for me, I, I loved that. And I knew that subconsciously, and I would do little things to honor that side of me. But it wasn't until I'd say the second layoff after about a three year um, stint at a company that I thought I would have retired there if they would have had me because I just was drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Like I loved it, had a great salary. They were, they were letting me do all these extra things I wanted to do. I was a part of the band. I was on the softball team, like all the cultural things. It was beautiful. And then, you know, business makes decisions and they don't always take the humans into perspective. Um, and I had a, a family tragedy. I lost my 18 year old brother to a crazy accident um, in 2018. Oh I came back to work after a two week bereavement and got laid off. Like, yeah, your eyes are bugging out. Cause that's was like, what? Like who loses their little brother and then their job in the same month. It was just so, it was so eye opening to me spiritually. You know, yeah. obviously there was a lot of back and forth with my faith after losing a little brother. Um, but then losing the job on top of it, it was like, are you kidding me? But man, looking back, cause it was three years ago, it, that gave me the chance to really find who I was meant to be in this world and to listen to the calling that was placed on my, on my heart and in my soul. And it wasn't that nine to five that I thought I would be there forever. It was doing more to help people, help you know, humans and women, you know, to navigate the calling on their life, to hear it, to, to understand it, to, you know, kind of like decipher what it actually means. You know, like you get signs and you're like, what is that? I don't even know. I asked for a sign and he gave me a picture of a tiger. I have no idea what's happening, you know, like, but these little things I had to cue into and really like lean into and research and kind of, you know, know for myself said to me, all right, like I'm, I'm meant to do more than just, you know, kind of clock in clock out at five and, you know, hit this goal for someone else. I loved the owner of the company. He's awesome. Still is. I just, why am I working so hard to achieve his goals? It was time for me to achieve mine. And then I still got another job after that and another one after that. And they were very short, but I remember walking into the last one and I prayed, I said, God, listen, if this is not for me, like, that's it. I won't go back to the nine to five world. I hear you. Like I, I heard him for years prior, but I was, it's kind of like when the universe knocks and you don't answer, it's going to kick you out. <laughs> it's going to force the, the transition. So that's really what happened to me. <laughs> that's what happened to me. I kept saying no to the universe and to God's call on my life. And eventually it's just like, girl, you're not listening. Hear me when I say like, we will lay you off again. And I probably would have got laid off again after that because it, I wasn't meant to be in that environment. That's not where I was going to thrive because you mentioned a box. Like not only did people put me in a box, but they put nails in it. They painted it like gray and it was bad. I, my soul was trapped and I couldn't be the authentic me that I am even on LinkedIn and social media um, until I finally freed myself of that. So that's where like the inspiration came. It was kind of forced upon me to finally listen to the signs that were all around me and say yes to myself. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> long-winded answer. <laughs> no, it's, it was as long as it needed to be, you know, yeah. like I like the context, you know, I admire entrepreneurs very deeply because, you know, you're really taking a leap of faith on, on yourself, on yeah. something bigger, on like listening to that little voice inside yourself. Um, and that's, I tend to agree with you on that one. You know, if you're not listening, it's going to come to an end Seriously. You know, violently or otherwise, you know, and yeah. take that for what it is, you know, and I've had plenty of moments where the ships came, you know, crashing together or whatnot, but <laughs> in, in sharing, because, you know, a lot of people that are either looking to become entrepreneur or take more ownership in their life or already are a business owner, you know, I know it can be pretty lonely. I know it can be pretty scary. What is, what was some of the biggest struggles when you finally like went off and did it? 
Um, the struggle was, I think, trusting myself that I could make things happen. I know it sounds crazy. And anybody who's listening that knows me is like, yeah, okay, Marita. Like my one girlfriend would be like, oh, you wanted to get pregnant on this date and have your kid on this date. And it just happened because that's what you do. Like I just manifest <laughs> stuff. Like I just make crap happen, right? Like I'm that person, especially in life. Now, business may be a little different because I was so new to it. So that same like confidence and vibe didn't always carry over into entrepreneurship. Although you would think it totally would because it's naturally how I roll. Um, and I've been a full-time entrepreneur for just a little over a year. I had been side hustling for quite some time um, just by choice, you know, because I was not leaving those companies. But um, the biggest thing was just realizing that this is just one more thing that I have the power to do. Like I know exactly how to be successful just to be myself. Right. And just being, I don't actually even go out and do sales. Like, and I'm not saying like people are beating down my door by any means. I probably should step up the sales, but um, be, just because of what I do and how I am and my, my networking and connection abilities to just love on people, business comes to me pretty easily, you know, but there is still that fear <laughs> that someday I'm going to be like, oh my God, nothing on the calendar. Now what? <laughs> so there it's, I said to my husband just today, you know, cause he's definitely not an entrepreneur. He is like a company dude, right? Wears the t-shirts and to bed and everything. Right. So he's a company guy and I'm, I'm the opposite, right? I'm, I'm all about me and, and my business. And so when he says like, Hey, like, what do you got going on this week? And if I, I sometimes if I have nothing, I'm like, Oh crap. Like I'm going to look like I'm not contributing to this life that we've built for each other. And so I get nervous, but um, I just, it's a mindset, it's a confidence thing. And so the, for me, I have to bring it back to my center, no matter how nervous I get. Cause every day, um, if my calendar is not packed for like a month ahead of time, I'm a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I just, I can't live in that space and be successful. So for me, it starts with overcoming my own fears before I can help my clients overcome theirs, you know? I thought that was very eloquently said, and I think there's a lot of value in many things there. One thing that sticks out to me is the conversation you're having with your husband who mm -hmm. does not, I'm going to say, think the same way, yeah, you know, like, not. right. The, the difference between a, the entrepreneur and the, the and that's, and there's nothing, it's not a bad or a good. It just is. Not at all. I wish I was more like him. <laughs> My wife is, my wife Hilarious. likes the rules. She, she's a yeah. self-proclaimed rule follower. She's a teacher. And I tell her all the time, oh, yes. like, babe, I want to build a school. Like, let's like, you know, and I, I have, I'm patient because I want to just, I see things and I want to like, I'm like, these are all the problems. Let's blow it up. We can do it better. And mm -hmm. I just know, and I know deep down, like, that's not the way to go about it. You know, you have to have some semblance. <laughs> tell me about that piece, because ultimately what I find is that people don't, understand how to have that conversation with their significant yeah. other, especially if you're the solo owner yep. and your significant other doesn't know what that feels like, no matter what you say, like they're supporting you, but that no matter what yep. you say, it's just not going to be the same unless they own their own business. And that's a different story because then they get it too. That's the same conversation. Tell me a little bit of how you manage that, grappled with it, worked through the, the things yep. that came through it. So I think I got really lucky in the husband department because a couple of things, he thinks I'm pretty cool. Right. So he's pretty much just going to do what I ask him to do. <laughs> <laughs> all smart, well, all smart husbands realize that eventually. Smart man. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's smart guy, <laughs> but he, he, I think he's, he's funny. He wants to be a part of what I'm doing. So if I'm on a call, not a client call, cause they're privileged, you know? So, but some, if I'm on like a, a nonprofit call or if I'm doing some pro bono work, he'll sit in this chair behind me or behind my laptop and listen in. Cause he's just like really curious. I just think there's that curiosity about him that helps us to be able to navigate some of the struggles. Um, and then, so that he's like, well, I don't know how you do it. Like that's, that's, and then also sometimes he's like, so you just get on a call and make money for talking. I don't get it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's more than just talking. I mean, it's, it's like years of education and knowledge in my own life and co coaching him for the last 16 years. I'm like, you know what I do. You should be paying me. <laughs> but for the business side of things, <laughs> and I just grazed over that, that comment really quick. <laughs> I'm going to cut that quote out. I'm going to send it to my wife. There we oh, go. I'm going to get cheated out for it. But I'm going to cut that quote out. I'm going to, I'm going to send it right to her. Like, Babe. You probably shouldn't. I'm, I'm going to vote. Don't do it. <laughs> well, I, but I coached her. So context here, she oh. coached at the gym. And I mean, the story, right. I, I was a, 
I'm pretty brutal because one of my biggest things was I'm not about the nepotism thing and things like, oh, mm-hmm. you're you date the owner and da 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 or married to the yeah, owner. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh-uh, you're gonna earn your own merit, whatever. Right. And I was brutal. I mean, oh, a couple okay. times where my business partner had to pull me aside, be like, yo, I get what you're doing, but like, back off, man. And yeah. I was like, yeah, you're right. I should, you know, it's still my wife. I need to, I yeah. need to protect this thing here. Yeah. But that, that was a life lesson. The younger, stu- more stubborn me didn't yeah. get that. So. <laughs> empathy was something that needed to be nurtured there <laughs> well listen it's all learning right like our whole life experience is about learning and that's what that's what he's doing while I'm doing it at the same time we're just learning different things right his right. he's learning to be more patient that he's not seeing a six-figure income coming in every other week he doesn't see this giant 401k or the stock that I used to have you know so financially there's a there's a difference between us now the roles have reversed um in that respect, but I think he knows my calling is different. Although he's got quite a similar calling. He's just, Mm. he's not the type to actually like follow it. He'll do it at work. So he'll, he'll talk to younger men about being leaders and, you know, finding God or loving on themselves once he feels comfortable in that relationship. But, um, and he'll have those and man, he lights up. He, his call, he probably should have been a pastor. Like, I think that is his calling in life. Mm. It just didn't, he just got a job at 15 and just always followed that industry. And now he's like super successful at it. So he stays with it. Um, and I tell him he can follow that path. Now, after I become, after I blow up, then he can, we can real reverse again, but, <laughs> but like he, I think, so he gets it a little bit, but there is always that, you know, every once in a while, it's like, you going to put some money in the account this week. And I'm like, don't judge me. You know? So the <laughs> there's that back and forth and there's a little bit of laughter and, you got to make it up by having more sex, of course. So he gets like less stressed and frustrated with my lack of income. But, um, hey, I, <laughs> hey. hey, you know, as the health that, it's place this thing is called Naked Sunday. Yeah. You th- I know that that kind of elicits some, some of those yeah. kind of conversations. So good. <laughs> we can talk about whatever you want here. I got hilarious. I mean, he would jump out and be like, did someone say sex? <laughs> <laughs> Because that's just how he, now I gotta open a window here. Man, I hope it records okay because I'm getting hot. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but it's funny though, the things like when there's two different dynamics in the house, how certain things have to like switch and ebb and flow. And I'm, I have to be more mindful of, of his needs and he has to be more mindful of mine. Right now we're in different seasons, right? So he's totally established where I am such a newbie green, you know, in this full time world where. He's downstairs. He, actually, I think he just went to Sam's Club grocery shopping, but he was mopping the floor for like an hour while I was on a coaching call previous to this. So there is a little bit of role reversal and I need more support from him in the home than ever. And sometimes he's like, I got this babe, like I'm, I'm mopping, I'm doing the laundry. And sometimes he's like, I'm not leaving this couch. Can you cook some dinner, please? You know, so every day it's a little different and you just got to work through it. And when the foundation is love and respect, I think, you know, everything ends up working out. <laughs> Imagine that getting solid on the core things. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, that's powerful. That's something that I, I encourage everybody to do. My wife has been, I mean, she, she goes on the roller coaster with me, you know, so I, I give her credit where credit is due, but that's fantastic. I, I think that that piece, you know, I think uh, owning a business uh, amplifies mm-hmm. the, um, what do I want to say? Kind of the extremes yeah. and, and it can happen a lot faster too. So yeah. um, the speed and the amplitude are a lot like more in your face, but I think that's also a gift because I think within that it forces you, well, you have to choose to accept the, the forcing yeah. much the same way you said before, right? Like the world's going to, the universe or God, whatever is going to put in front of you, whether you like it or not. Right. Seriously. But it, yeah. it it gets you to a place where you're going to have to confront, well, how do we deal with transition? How do we deal with responsibilities? How do we deal with like, where are we going together? And are we on the same page? And if you don't shit crumbles, like it's just, it's just the truth. And, and I also find business as a symptom starts to crumble too. I know that Mm -hmm. happened for me. I don't know if you ever found that when things are a little rocky or whatever. And you said, you know, I agree the same thing. Some some sex kind of loosens the, loosens the tensions on things and everybody (laughs) kind of goes back to being happy. Like we're all good. Everybody's good. High five, fist bumps, whatever. (laughs) Um, I love what you're saying there. I really, I think it's powerful. 
I think it's really powerful. Not enough people talk about that kind of stuff with their relationship because it's, they're afraid and they you know, have to put the face on like everybody's happy. Everything's all good. You know, like, yeah. but when money's tight, how do you handle it? You know, and it's not, money's not the problem. It's just an aspect of it. So it's about, you know, it's weird. It's a, it's a transition of power, I think. So I had a really hard time when we were first dating, he made more, I'm, I'm much younger You'd be like, what? Did you say much younger on that podcast? Yeah. So I'm younger. <laughs> so when we started dating, I was still finding myself professionally. So I made less. And then as I climbed and, and he did too, but he stayed at one job for a while. I started climbing financially. So I made more. And then obviously the layoffs, I make nothing, you know, and, and he's making more. And, and in the beginning, it was like, cool, just put everything in an account. We'll do the things. We'll pay bills together. But now it's a little different. Now one week I can make five grand and the next week I can make five dollars and it's like and I also you know it's like the logistics of a business that I'm learning it and trying to give him like the nuggets that he needs to learn without the foundation of having a a business mindset to say like no I have a separate account with your name not on it he's like I'm sorry what now (laughs) like like we're, we're paying our bills so that's okay but maybe one day if we're struggling He's going to be like, remember that secret account you got? I'm going to need some of that money to pay a bill, you know, like, so it's, Mm. it's a weird dynamic and it's almost like I'm trying to hold on to this powerful entrepreneur mindset, but still feeling a little lacking and less than insecurity wise, because I'm not contributing to the family. Like I used to financially, you know, I am, I'm still cleaning, I'm doing all the kids stuff, you know, whatever. But like, when it comes to the financial piece, that was always like, I felt like puffed up my ego. It's all ego. It's all ego. But you know, when it comes down to it, it does affect how we operate in our marriage and in our business too. So we, we have like, you know, we haven't had one in a while, but we do have these deep conversations surrounded by like, you know, what's the bigger picture, you know, ultimately you're looking to do this ultimately where we have these family goals and I have these business goals and it may be my business, but he's not here to just like pay for all of our lives. And we're just like, we let's go shopping, you know, like that's not really fair. So um, I think it's, it, it comes down to two. He's my biggest fan. I'm not going to lie. Like this guy, I got my degree in the mail a couple of years ago and he's crying and handed me the envelope because he knew what it was. And I'm like, what are you crying for? Like, <laughs> and he's like, just so proud of me. You know, he's just a really good guy at heart. And I think that's where the work comes in, right? Like, and this is all, we've been together 16 years. So obviously in the beginning, you know, I, I pictured like driving off a bridge, and jumping out and letting him go, like, cause he was crap and I was crap. <laughs> but as like time for we learn about each other more and we mature as individuals. We chose to be like, still be married. And we chose to bring God into our marriage, which obviously helped us tremendously. Um, and we just keep choosing each other, which is, I think what helps now that we're in a different stage with me being an entrepreneur. Um, he has to choose to bite his tongue while choosing me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I love you. That's, that's awesome. It yeah. really is awesome. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hearing so many of the other things in my own life with this, you know, sparing myself because, you know, I don't want to get chewed out too much, but <laughs> Swear, <man. laughs> it's, it's, it's so true. And I, what I really like what you're talking about there is this, the swallowing the pride, the ego thing, right? Around the money or the provider role and really asking ourselves, what is it that I need to contribute at least at this moment? And if I think what's so indicative of a powerful relationship, which you were just sharing, is that it sounds like you guys really check in. You know, you said it wasn't recent, but you, t- yeah. you routinely at some in some yeah. form of routine, where are we going? What's the common goal? What are we here together for? What do you need from me? What do I need from you? Yeah. Screw what everybody else thinks about how these roles are going to go down. Right. We can kick the traditional roles to the side yeah. if we need to, or we can follow them. It doesn't matter, but we need to figure out what works for us and has to be contextual. Yeah. And, it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be forever, which I really admire about you where you've, as much as you were quote unquote forced into it, you embraced, it sounds like yeah. the transition where, mm. you know, and I'm sure you learned from each transition as everybody learns from each transition yeah. or <laughs> some people choose not to, but that's, that's another one. <laughs> You have to, right? <laughs> right. Well, now where you find yourself, what do you, you know, you, I got to imagine you get some really amazing results with people, but what, what's like, 
what do people, what, when they're searching, they're looking for you, what do you, what do you find they're, they're looking for? Most of them need a hug. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. You know what? We all need a hug. We all need a hug these days, but you know what it is? They, they just, they need to remember who they are. I think as if I'm summing up, even the ones I work with to elevate their business or to find a new nine to five, especially the ones who need the life coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, they, they need to remember who they are. They are powerful beings. They are wonderfully made exactly how they're meant to be. They're in the season they're meant to be. They're supposed to learn the lessons. And I think what I do for them is I think they, they're attracted to my energy, right? They're like, oh my God, you're so fun. And you look happy. <laughs> Let's, you know, let, let me, let me co- pay you a little bit to coach me to be happy and fun too. Right. And so, but it's so much more than that. Right. It's like we, we dive into just everyday habits, right. Everything from everyday habits to, you know, who they're meant to be in this world, what are their gifts? Why did God bring them here? Whether they know Jesus or not, we're talking about them. And they always, somebody, they always have some sort of connection to something higher than themselves. And I think like bringing them back to, they are the most powerful source and resource in their life and remembering that, right. Like before they were moms, before they were, you know, they had 15 kids and soccer practice and they're dropping the things, you know, they're bringing them everywhere. And before they were this, you know, corporate nine to five or, you know, bringing in, you know, tons of money and had that pressure to keep delivering, you know, like before any of that was like, do you remember being like 18, 19? Like some of us had some pressures, of course, but man, those are like my high school days, my college days were like so carefree, so carefree. It was like, I do what I want. And, you know, like, and I just like, and I didn't know who I was meant to be back then, but had I did, I would have been dangerous. Like I'd be Tony Robbins. <laughs> It'd be Miranda, Tony Robbins right now, you know, like, but I just think like, I bring them back right to, to who they are. I remind them, like, I don't tell them what to do. We, we dive into certain things. It's funny, as much as I, I hate the micromanaging corporate environment, I take what I learned from that and I do audits on their life, you know, and their energy and their relationships, the people they surround themselves with. Today, I did a, a client call. Um, we talked about social consumption. Like, what are you consuming on a social level, like social media, television, people, you know, like what, what are you, what are you allowing to penetrate your energy? And then how do we clean that crap out? And then actually be who you're meant to be, surround yourself with who you're meant to surround yourself with. And once they, there's, there's always that click, right? There's always that like moment where they're like, holy crap, like I am awesome. And I'm like, say it, say you're awesome. And we have like this crazy moment and it just, they just, they look so much lighter. There's one client that I've been working with for a little while. And every, every time I see her in a face-to-face, she looks 10 years younger. I'm like, what's happening? What, what cream are you using? And she's like, no, it's you girl. Like every time you make me do an activity and she does the work. So that's the difference, right? You got to do the work. She comes back looking 10 years younger. It's hilarious. And she's not like doing anything different. She's just loving on herself. And she's reminding herself of her power after divorce, after being a single mother now and, and all the other things that she's gone through. It's just, it's, it's really powerful to watch women remember who they are. I love everything about what you just said. I really do. And uh, a couple things that were in there of the hug. That's a powerful one, right? Human safe, human touch. Yeah. Uh, People undervalue that. And obviously I think that, from COVID, it certainly put all that perspective. Seriously, it's the worst. <laughs> but I think of the hug also as a sense of just acknowledgement. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I reflect on every single day, and I'm sure you're, this is like automatic for you too, or you probably consciously know it as well as like, I think about how many people that literally nobody will genuinely ask them how they're doing mm-hmm. all day long. And that might've happened for months at, on end. And something like an acknowledgement. And like I said, a hug, I think is a very profound moment. Like we're going to share this space. We're going to, you're going to feel safe in my arms and I'm going to feel safe in yours. And we're going to be here. Nothing more than that is wildly powerful. And I think I I really, really love what you're, you're going with there. Um, Cause you're right. They do. (laughs) People just need a hug. And you know, everybody says they don't like hugging. It's because something else is in there. Like let's, let's be, let's be on the real. Right. Um, I had another thought in there and I don't know where I was going with it. 
awesome. Maybe <laughs> maybe it will come back to me, but I think it's uh, oh no, is the um, they look ten. When you said your your client, yeah. she looks younger every time. Every time that that I love that you brought that out because that's something that I notice that I think people don't take for granted. You know, some people think it's a little woo woo or whatever with like um, trapped emotions and whatnot mm-hmm. on your body. Yeah, my career the first whatever of it was the majority of my professional life was in helping people with their physical health which is more or less a job in staring at humans staring at bodies (laughs) reading body language and i shit you not you just look at somebody if their shoulders are a little tense or they just carry themselves a certain way you kind of know where the problem is and you you need to ask maybe a couple pointed questions and without even doing physical exercise People will look younger, they'll look happier, they'll look more approachable mm-hmm. by just changing their mindset around. And again, it sounds a little woo-woo, but I think- I'm All about hard. the woo. All about, all about the woo. Well, clearly, <laughs> some people don't still bring it back to a practical, right? Like you talked about afterwards, you have to do some work too. Right, you know, people right, right. get all about like the manifestation <laughs> and the, the law of attraction. Well, that doesn't work unless you start doing the work to attract the yeah, thing. Absolutely. <laughs> But it's like, it's a no brainer. Like, well, duh, you thought about working out more. You happen to start working out more. You look better because you worked out more. Like, it's, it's one of those things, right? <laughs> but it goes like everything else. So it's, it's, you know, when you start smiling more, it becomes automatic and you just, I mean, with a smile, everybody looks younger in my opinion. And I think yeah. they look more beautiful when they just bring around that joy. Yeah. Duh, your energy is infectious. Of course I want to work with you because you're happy and bubbly. It's like, <laughs> shit, I need some of that in my life. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I pointed out a couple of those things because those are the subtle things that I think go unnoticed because we, I mean, how many people are stuck in their phone all day long? You just talked about it on social media. People are just stuck in it mm-hmm. and they won't look somebody in the eye. They won't, they won't really look at them. They won't really listen to them. But coaches for whatever reason, we're hardwired to stare at those things, whether we know it or not. And we're dissecting those things and looking to bring those things out. So hopefully anybody who's not a coach can take a couple of these pieces because you don't need to be a professional coach to go like make somebody's day. Right. Do they need a smile? Go give them a hug. You know, do they need a fist bump or a high five or, you know, if you're close enough with them, a butt slap to say like, Hey, you do you, yo. (laughs) That's why I want to slap anybody's butt without their permission. Exactly. That's what I say. If you got the relationship and you're there and you're cool, you know, like, yeah. But a compliment th- goes a long way though, right? Like I'm teaching my daughter that now she, she's nine and she likes these super long fake nails. Like she'll buy them from whatever store we sell them and she puts mm. them on. It's hilarious. But we went to the mall the other day and the girl who was cashing us out at the store had super long nails. And she's like, I love her nails. Like to me. And I'm like, you need to tell this young lady you love her nails. And and the girl's a teenager. She's probably like, whatever, little one. But like, she smiled and was like, oh, thank you. So I'm teaching my daughter to to like love on strangers too. Like, I know that sounds weird, but like, you're with me. It's safe. Cool. Tell her you enjoy her nails. Like, and they were like talking about nails and they're just connecting. And there's something about that connection. Like my daughter was happier the rest of the day just because she shared a conversation with someone who enjoyed what she enjoyed. So that, I don't know what the girl felt, obviously, but hopefully she would like, you know, appreciate it. Maybe her nails a little more, or maybe she'll be happier the rest of her shift because, you know, some little kid out of nowhere, like gave her a compliment. So there's something to be said about, you know, expressing like gratitude or acknowledging somebody else across from you. And it does something for you too. I'm always paying for the Starbucks behind me. Hopefully it's not $17, but (laughs) But I'm always doing that. And I'm just assuming that it was surprised them and then they feel a little better. I know it did me. It always does my daughter when she's next to me, you know, she's always like, mom, pay for that person's thing. And I'm like, oh yes, I got to pay for the next person. I'm like, mm-hmm. how much is their order? <laughs> but like, you know, it's, it's going to make them happy because every once in a while it happens to me. And I'm like, yay, that's so fun. You know, like, and it just, those little things that, you know, you don't have to pay for something, but you can absolutely just give someone a compliment and, you know, from there, it just makes everyone's day a little bit brighter and that compounds. Well, to even elaborate on that further, paying attention is payment, right? Money Absolutely. is a money is a sense of that. Yeah. And also not for nothing, getting a compliment from a kid is probably the best thing you can get. 
because right. kid, kids <laughs> shoot you straight. They do right. not, they're going to tell you yeah. there's no filter. It's just going to be <laughs> real because they'll also tell you the other side, like, Oh, that'll like that. You yeah. know, like yeah, yeah. I'm, I think that that is phenomenal. And I agree. And I, I love that you're teaching her at that point, because like, once they get it into you, like that, that's, this is just how you do. Just be nice to people. Yep. It's going to come back around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to come back. It, always, it comes back instantly. If you think about it, cause it does something for us the minute we do it. Yeah. It's, it's changing our pathways in our brain to not be judgmental, to not judge a book by its cover, to not just assume things about people. If we are hardwired to love on people, the instant we meet them, it's going to change everything in life and business and, you know, nine to five, whatever you do. Like, it's just, it's just, and it's funny. I think that's what people will say about me. Like, they'll say like, you're always so nice to even strangers before even I'm like, I don't know their story. Like who, who am I to be like, I'm not God. I'm not judging this person for whatever reason we're visually seeing an expression of their, their life today. You know, like we don't know their story. So, I mean, whether it's complimenting long nails or paying for somebody's coffee or, you know, giving someone the shirt. My husband, literally one day we're in the Walmart parking lot and a a guy was walking around with no shoes on in the garbage. And my husband took his flip-flops off and gave it to this guy, you know, like he didn't want the flip-flops. It was just hilarious. But we're like, you're taking these flops. You cannot walk around a parking lot with no shoes on. Um, But it's just like, and obviously it, it, that's, that's just like what we're called to do, right? To love on people, no matter what. And who knows if it made that guy's day or not? Maybe it annoyed him because he had shoes on that he didn't want to have on. Who knows? But like, we know, like we're here to take care of each other in any capacity. And I think if we just live that out and remember that, I think that ego part we talked about earlier kind of starts to slowly shrink, you know, and it makes things a little easier. It makes the bigger things easier to jump and say, yep, I'm here. How can I help? And the little things that are stressful and kind of annoyances make them way less in our life. I just love your energy. Thanks, bud. Everything well, about you. <laughs> Everything about you. I dig yeah. it. I just dig Thank it. Thank you. I'm so happy for the people that work with you. That's, you know, <laughs> we need a little more of this in our life, in everybody's life. So thank yeah. you for championing that. Um, what advice do you have for people? That's like a great piece of advice for people that are listening in right now. Yeah, rewind this and listen again. <laughs> yes. Do it. Do yes. all the stuff we talked about. <laughs> give this one, give this recording another hit. Maybe I'll go, you know, okay. <laughs> now listen to it with a notebook and pen. <laughs> no, I mean, biggest piece of advice. It's funny. I, I haven't given advice when I was younger and it was before, obviously way before entrepreneurship. And it just took, the woman told me to breathe first before I speak. And it has a lot to do with listening and has a lot to do with, just like centering yourself before you react to anything. And the older I get, the more I actually take that one little line, you know, breathe, then speak. It's a so much more than just the literal breathing than, than have they respond to the conversation. Um, you know, with me and my high energy, you know, and, and same with other type of extroverts, we feel like we want to get out what we have to say, because we've got some awesome things to say. We've got great life experience, but if we don't say it in a calm fashion, or we don't breathe first, really collect our thoughts and then speak what's on our heart, it's hard to receive it because maybe we say it too much or we're, you know, we say it like when I said to you, like, oh, long winded response, like, I caught myself giving a long-winded response because I always try to not condense everything. Like what comes out is meant to come out obviously, but I I try not to over elaborate because then you miss the main point. So I think my biggest piece of advice that I was given was to breathe and then speak. But for other people, I kind of take that many steps further and say, center yourself before you react to anything good or bad. And then you'll be able to really get the response that you wish you could have. Like people say like, oh, if I could do that again, I would have said this. Well, if you just breathed first and then centered yourself and responded, you would give that right answer or that right reaction the first time around. And it just becomes so much easier to, to make the right choice when you're finding your center and then acting from it. Mm. I like that too. And I've seen that play out, especially like when people transition from one situation to another, whether it's a big life transition or like you were in a tough meeting and now you're going to go home and be with your spouse, you know, like maybe you don't bring that energy home, take a breath and do it on the tree out front, put it on the tree out front. Now, (laughs) while I appreciate your attempts at wanting to be more 
for brevity, I actually enjoy the long-winded response. <laughs> um, I'm also a little unique. Like I love storytelling. I love mm. listening. Um, I reflect on that sometimes. My dad used to tell stories before he we went to bed. Um, funny, like make fun of me kind of moment here. Um, I, so he's an artist and um, he would, I, I wasn't going to sleep at all. Like I would go crawl into my parents' bed and like mm. wake them up. And so he got to this point where I was like, nah, like you stay in your bed however many yeah. times in a row, 30 times in a row. I was going to get, uh, I love the Ninja Turtles. So he wanted, I wanted a Technodrome, which in those days, pretty expensive toy. And um, anyway, he would always give me a story before bed about like Ninja Turtles just makes random mm -hmm. shit up off the top of his head. And then he would draw this Ninja Turtle on this calendar. I think it took me like three months to sleep in my own bed alone, like <laughs> to actually get the Technodrome. So slowly but surely it got there, but he would, he would do these great stories, but to bring it back to the, um, why I enjoy your, your, your long-winded things is that, and especially why I chose a podcast as a, as a platform that I really enjoy communicating through is that when you don't have enough context, when you don't understand the story, it, it, you miss out on the, on the, the juice and the nuggets yeah. and how, how did you really get there? You, you miss out on the feelings and some of the journey that it takes you on because we start to take our semblance of that hero's journey. We start yeah. to feel the downs, the highs, the lows, all that stuff. So I enjoy that. And it's even a conversation I had with my father on the vacation. He's like, why do you want like, I'm like, cool. I, tell me the dark, the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm cool with everything yeah. because there's no judgment. Right. I'm just curious. So I, I, I like it. Plus I love the enthusiasm and the energy and the, ah, the pizzazz that comes off of you. Your fingers. You, you girl, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. Um, I only have one more open-ended question for the rest of this, but um, it's my favorite question to ask. What is your purpose? Mm, I love this question. All right. So my purpose uh, is to really help women mostly to live the life they were put on this earth to live. I think I do all the things that encompass that incorporate, you know, the, the to-do lists and the listening and the coaching, but really in the end, like I was put here for a reason and I realized what that was you know, in the last five, six years or so, um, I had always been doing little things leading up to it, but once it clicked, life became so much easier and better and just more beautiful. And even with all the ugly in the world, I'm able to find that, you know, the beautiful power within it, um, the, the ability to like love deeply, you know, for on anybody like who just needs it. So I think for me, it's being able to help people have that moment in their life too, and really live it out. I, I just see so many people that are just, oh, I fell into this career or I just, I got a job and it took me to the next one. I got laid off. So I took the next one or, you know, now I'm stuck making all this money. I hate when, when women are stuck, like we're just not stuck We're we made decisions to get to where we are. And now let's make some decisions to get out of it, you know? And so, you know, my, my, passion and calling is just leading me to help other women like your life is so short like we get like maybe a hundred years you know what I mean like and can you imagine like if we knew coming down here we only had a hundred years to live and we got to keep that memory of knowing we only had a hundred years to live like keep that knowledge the day we were born I think about all the crap we would do differently now like I'm 41 so if I went back to like three and I had all this knowledge can you imagine like what we do with it but we can't right we can't at this point but what we can do is now we know better. So now we do better and we do different. And if we're able to get to the place where we're like, yeah, you're right. I actually can do better. I can, you know, change my life no matter what situation I'm in. Some are, some are way harder than others. Some seem like it's just never going to change. And I worked with that level of women before. Um, and the one thing that can change is their heart, their mindset. You know, you start small. And then little by, you know, prayer, find God, you know, like that's, that's a huge bit of advice that, that I had never been given. And once I found him for myself, everything changed. Um, and so I think for me, it's just a matter of helping women to live the life they're meant to live. You know, it's not just the cute, live your best life, you know, that we hear going around on, on the coffee mugs, you know, it's 
really about like knowing who you are and living in accordance to your calling. It's my favorite question for a reason because I get some be- I get a beautiful response every single time and it's always unique and there's always a wind up. So like <laughs> that's what I knew I landed on a good one. You're simply fantastic. Thanks, and God. I think what you're doing it needs a it needs more like I said it needs more like that. If somebody was listening today right now whoever you are I hope so too but somebody listening in they're like I need some Miranda Mm -hmm. in in my life Mm -hmm. what would be the best way to get in touch with you uh LinkedIn (laughs) (laughs) as you said right (laughs) I mean I live on LinkedIn it's literally my address no I mean I I have a website MirandaVonFreaking.com it's it is being worked on, but it says a lot of the same things that uh, what I do today. Um, LinkedIn is going to be the best place to get a hold of me, to be honest. Um, private message, you know, connect with me, follow me, whatever. Um, let's just have a conversation. You know, I, I love to hop on calls and get to know people. And if I'm not, if you thought like, I mean, I could use some of that in my life. And it turns out like what I got isn't what you need. I probably have a connection, right? That's how you and I connected, right? I'm that is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep trying to find people. It's funny. I have this divine board of directors here on my vision board that I, I work with, but I'm also trying to find other people to connect clients to that. I know that maybe I'm not the right fit. I mean, I may look fun and want to like, I want to work with everybody. I want to help everyone. But when it comes down to it, I have skill sets and I have specialties and I have a zone of genius and it's not for everybody. So let's connect. Let's see if that's something we should do. If it's LinkedIn, I'm your person. Just come find me. Like, join LinkedIn local. It's free. We'll meet some awesome people in the community. And, you know, if you're looking to level up LinkedIn wise, like I can help you no matter what your goal is on LinkedIn. But um, if it's this life coaching thing or what we've been talking about today, you've got to really, you know, feel that alignment between who you're working with. So I'm happy to have that conversation. Find me on LinkedIn, Miranda Von Fricken or MirandaVonFricken.com. I'll make sure to put that all in the show notes as well. So people can find you there. Miranda, any parting words? Mm, all the words, come on. No, <laughs> I, I think parting words is just thank you. I mean, it was so great to meet you. Dawn introduced us. So I was super grateful for her for introducing us um, or for telling me I need to reach out to you, however that worked out. But I, I'm a firm believer of people get brought into your life for reasons, right? So this it's more than just us talking on this podcast. I'm sure we'll work together somehow in the future. So thank you for connecting. Thank you for having me on your show and for trusting me with your audience. I'm super grateful. Well, I'm super grateful for you. I'm so happy you reached out. Dawn is a rock star. I know she's technically my family. Isn't that funny? Like really? we, we found out at like a networking event we were related. <laughs> That's it's like I think you're my cousin's cousin. I'm like, am I now? Who are you? <laughs> I mean, her and I've got the, what's it called? The wit and wisdom thing that we're going to, I don't, she is taking care of all that stuff. I should have her on this one too. But I mean, <laughs> she is just fantastic, but yeah, she's you're cool. awesome. Uh, I, I just, uh, great people start to just roll into your life at the time you need it. And uh, yeah. I, I feel the same way about you. I think you're, you're something special in my life. So Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Make sure you go check her out. Um, I'll put it, like I said, I'll put all your info in the show notes, but um, I hope everybody had a great time listening to this episode. I know I had a great time chatting with you on this one. Yeah, yeah. So until next time, much love.